When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements, or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with Lips and Ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L I B S Y N ads.com. Hello. My name is Dan from Desert Island Dicks, and uh, I don't know why I said hello like a kindly old gentleman in the snow. Hello, come into my lovely warm cottage. Um, I think I need to sleep more because things like this just keep coming out of my mouth and I don't know why. Look, let's just get on with it because today the episode features Anya Magliano. She's a comedian, she's funny. Those two things go hand in hand, obviously. You're going to find that out as you listen to the podcast. We had a lovely time recording, and I think that's it. I think, you know, just listen to the podcast, just have a lovely time. Yeah, you know what would be good once you've had a lovely time is if you could tell your friends. Tell your friends about the podcast. Uh, People are always going, any podcast recommendations? And you can say, do you know what, actually, I always forget. But yeah, I I do have a recommendation. It's called Desert Island Dicks. Really simple format. It's a bit like another format that's been around for a while, but it's kind of a bit, uh, uh, you know, more sarcastic. Anyway, if you could do that, that would be great. Um, Another way to support us is to just subscribe give us a rating on you know on the itunes or whatever um that's always very uh useful for us in ways that are too boring to go into but it does make a difference at our end so um if you could we'd appreciate it thank you very much that's it let's listen to a podcast shall we i probably won't listen to it i mean i might i'm not gonna listen to it now i was there but you you listen to it thank you Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is comedian, podcaster and writer Anya Magliano. How are you doing? Hello! I am so excited for this. Um, (laughs) In a way that I think actually says quite a lot about my personality that isn't necessarily good. I was like, oh God, there are some things that I really am ready to get off my chest. Good, good. I mean, you know, the last couple of years has been hard for all of us. We can use that as an excuse for those of us who would have been as happy to vent about people they hate before the pandemic as well but it's quite nice now we have like an excuse of a, a global pandemic to say it's been you know we've all got stuff to get off our chests now you know forgetting yeah, yeah, that yeah, 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 some yeah, of us yeah, just yeah. like to rant beforehand anyway yeah some of our personalities were like that before as well but we can just be like no it's just because it's been such a hard year <laughs> <laughs> um and i mean so in general do you find yourself you, you're quite fond of a little rant or was it all pent up inside i think i may be do try and see the best in people and not get too wound up by things. Um, But I'll like let myself 
have one or two things that I just go really hard on hating, mm. just as like a little valve to get it out of the way. Yeah, yeah, I think it's important sometimes. A hundred percent. You know, like now I'm sort of about to, I'm going to be 40 this year and I'm sort of, you know, I'm, I'm finding my little pet peeves for middle age, you know, so like electric scooters or like the bins. Yeah. Because it's so easy to just go, oh God, the state of the country. I'm like, yeah. no, I'm going to keep it local. You know, like you're going too fast down that side road. Yeah, exactly. I had this I had this experience the other day where for the first time I had to call like what was it? I was trying to get our washing machine repaired, right? And I'm I'm 23, I'm about to turn 24. So like not I would say I don't always feel like an adult. Um but when I was on the phone to this washing machine person, they were sending me back and forth between the like company who installed it and the washing machine people and it genuinely took about half a day and I was like oh, this is adulthood. Mm. Like, we've re- And I was so angry. And I was like, this is all, especially as a comedian, you see so many, like, people doing routines about, like, the kind of basic household chores and how frustrating they are. And when I watched them as a kid, I'd always be like, God, these people are always exaggerating and banging on about this sort of stuff. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, no, there was absolutely no exaggeration. It's all terrible. <laughs> yeah. I find myself, like, as, you know, I'm a grown-up now and... But I find myself quite often, like, something will happen, like, yeah, like, something with a washing machine or the house or, like, like the cat's been sick everywhere and I need to clean it up. And I'm just, like, constantly thinking, where's the grown-up? Where's the adult who's going to come and sort all this? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, it's yeah, me. Yeah. Like, I'm the fucking grown-up now. Like, the buck stops here. Like, I've yeah. got to do this shit. Um, well, anyway, look, we've, we've, we've set out our store. It's raining mm-hmm. outside. I think the conditions are perfect to, to yeah. start getting into some real dicks here. So let's let's get into it. Who's going to be the first dick joining you on the island? Okay, so the first one, I didn't want to mention a specific uh, name of a person because it's someone from my life, but I'm going to expand it in, into an archetype of a type of, um, of young boy, uh, which is like a 17-year-old boy who's just discovered, like, general political ideas, um, which is obviously stemmed from, like, ex-boyfriends um, around that age of, like, teenage ex-boyfriends where they've, like, either... I feel like I've had I've had, and I've met um, them from all ends of the political spectrum, whether they've just discovered, like, Karl Marx or just discovered, like, Donald Trump. <laughs> and it's, like... Uh, their whole personality but without any of the nuance or understanding and like I think actually not very interested in it and more interested in telling people about it because I think like it would what would be even worse as well because if you're on this island and I'm on this island with them is that they'd be trying to inflict all these political ideas on us on the island Mm. and I'd be like we you don't none of this is actually going to be relevant in practice right now but it would be like a Lord of the Flies situation where they would really think that they know how we should be running the island and it would just be unbearable yeah and they'd be 17 so they'd be you know like not have any of the necessary life experience to understand any of the ideas they were like purporting. I think it would be absolute hell. Yeah, because I suppose they're like a sort of, they're like a, a real like triple threat, you know, because they've got the, the, the real earnestness of youth, 
you know, yeah. and, and, <laughs> and also the the um, the energy that comes with being young. You know, we're like you won't just suddenly go off an idea and give up. You know, because yeah. they've yeah. Yeah. they've they've had enough sleep and they're not just haven't been crushed by life enough yet. Um, and then you've got yeah, just like a young man explaining something to you a lot, you know, like say like a sort of junior mansplainer as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just someone who bangs on about politics too much. So it's a real sort of compound dick there, I think you've got. Yeah, I've managed to squeeze in like quite a lot of unfathomably bad things into one concise person. And I think like they've never, it's just like a general, a general type of person that I think you will meet and they can be annoying in any situation. Like they can be an annoying in like a group situation or in a one-on-one situation. And like I was, cause I was thinking about all these people that I've picked also as a group. And mm. I just think there's no, there's no winning circumstance yeah. for this young man. <laughs> <laughs> well, cause I went to uni in Brighton. So that was basically mostly populated by people like this. So like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. And, you know, like a lot of Che Guevara posters on the wall, you know, like a lot of very sort of earnest discussions late at night. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know what? I think part of it is maybe comes from like, I definitely always felt like slightly intimidated by those sorts of figures and I feel like the way they talk about it is in a way where it's like first and foremost to show off their intelligence because like I obviously care about uh politics and I do like want to make things better and stuff but I think it took me so long to realize that that was the thing that I could care about because I felt like it was so like gatekeepery by Mm. all these people who were just using these terms just because they had learned them to sound like more intelligent than everyone else and so you never feel like you can actually I never had the confidence to engage with it because I was always like oh, I'm gonna sound stupid um and that's like such a sad thing and it's like they, they actually like I think there were probably so many times where I could have actually contributed something but I didn't yeah no I agree and I, I just think they're it's kind of like having this person on the island would be kind of like having an excited puppy, but one that only talks about sort of social policy and and uh, you know communism mm-hmm. and and things like that, or like and, and um, uses words like hegemony and uh, yeah 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 yeah. Of yeah, course, yeah. blah blah blah. You're taking in in mind the diaspora of it's like no, just like come on, just find a fucking coconut for us. Yeah, exactly. And I think they would have one of the worst personality traits that I can't stand in in people which is they don't they can never accept that they're wrong. Mm. Like that would really compound it because there are when I meet someone like that in life, like I feel like I have a sixth sense sixth sense for it and I'm like sixth sense I can't say it. sixth <laughs> sense for it. I'm like, "Oh no, this is not going to end well." Like I just would be like, well, we're never going to reach a level of uh, friendship if you can't accept that you're ever wrong about anything. Yeah. And I think especially with with the, like, sort of character, you know, on an island as well, they're going to be doing stuff wrong. We're on an island, honey. <laughs> We've never done it before. And if they're not going to be able to accept that and they're going to just keep going back to, like, whatever pamphlet they've read, <laughs> oh, my God, it would be exhausting. And also, yeah, it's like the thing you said of them being you know, 17, youthful, um, full of idealism. And they probably would see the island as like, oh, this is our chance to like create a society that's really perfect. (laughs) And I'd be like, no, let's just get a tan and chill out. Yeah, yeah, very much so. As I get older, I'm very much sliding into what I've termed... um, positive nihilism where I just stop giving a shit about anything but in quite an upbeat way you know so I think it's all bollocks 
but I'm, I'm really happy with that, <laughs> you know, and it's sort of, okay, I could watch the news all the time and get angry or I could just occasionally watch it, get angry for a bit and then just go, well, fuck it. It's same as usual. Just carry on. Oh, what's, what's for tea? Yeah, 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 yeah. I say that to some people and they look at me with sort of sad, pitying eyes, but I'm having a nicer time, I think. so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I, I'm a, like, I absolutely do think there are things we should be trying to change and I like pick those and care about them but like I don't I don't think that's at the heart of what these sorts of characters are like I don't think they're actually necessarily trying to change something I think they're like oh I've just learned about this thing that makes me sound clever so I'm going to tell everyone about it um which isn't what I want to hear like if I wanted to do that I would listen to a podcast yeah I think also this sort of person because they're going to be so passionate they will also probably get quite angry about things um you know oh yeah sitting there, like, 100% yeah and um as you say you're going to be on this island things aren't really going to affect you anymore it's time to chill out and relax but they're still getting really angry about I don't know that how America behaved with Venezuela a long time ago or something like that, you know. So I just think you could do without it. So, okay, so we've got sort of 17-year-old political idealist uh, on the island. Um, Who's going to be joining him? Who's your next dick? Okay, so this one is kind of like there's a bit more logic to it, right? Because it's going to sound insane at first, but uh, my therapist. Okay. (laughs) I, I don't think she's a dick, but... I don't want her on that island. Um, It would be really annoying to have her on the island because, like, first of all, at the moment, we operate, like, one hour a week and she helps me with my problems. And it's, like, one of the conversations I have where I don't have to ask, like, how she is and take on her emotional burden, you know? It's literally, Mm. like, just to help me. So that would go out of the window on the island. Like, we would not be able to have that relationship. And I'd have to see her as a flawed person and she'd probably... This is like the exact opposite. I'm actually contradicting myself so badly. Like, I don't want the previous, I want the previous person to be able to admit they've done stuff wrong, whereas I don't want my therapist to do anything wrong ever. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I think that's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. If she did, so- if she started acting crazy, I'd be like, oh my God, has everything I've ever learned to do the work on myself been a lie? And also, if I had to see her, like, if I saw my therapist, like, shitting in a, a- a hole in the sand. I'm just not going to be able to talk to her about my relationship with my family. <laughs> it, it would be so difficult though, because you're, it's someone that you're so used to sharing everything with and they just sort of suck it all up and spit back some good advice. Yeah. You know, it's such a weird one-sided thing, like you say, but when you have to then listen to them being upset about stuff, it's like, but but you know... I can't, you know the advice more than I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't help in this situation. <laughs> do you want to tell it to me quickly and then I'll say it back to you so it feels like I'm giving you proper advice? Because I haven't got a fucking clue. And also, like, what would happen if I feel like we would never be able to remove the therapy context, right? So um, I'd just be, like, doing stuff on the island and be worried about, like, what was coming through. Because at the moment, at least I can I, I can kind of pick what I tell her and what I think. I'm like, okay, maybe we need to talk about this or unpack it. But she would be looking at everything I do on the island and, like, maybe, you know, I'd build a shelter with, like, one door and she'd be like, okay, but w- what does that mean about your relationship with your mum growing up. Like, I'd be like, we're actually just on an island. Like, we don't need to be talking about this all the time. And I would feel so exposed. Yeah, because I often wonder with my therapist, like, I keep meaning to ask her, like, would you tell me if you think I'm just being a dick about something that I'm telling you? (laughs) 
on an island, you'd kind of think, I've presented this reality to you through our conversations. Now you're going to see the whole me. You'd kind yeah, of, yeah, 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 I'd yeah. sort of want to check in at some point and be like, does this fit with what you thought of me before? No, sorry, it's yeah. not about, we're not doing this now. Yeah, but, yeah, but did yeah, it? Yeah. It's just so, It's just, it would just be so odd. Like, also, because I only do my therapy on Zoom at the moment. No, I do it on the, as a phone call even. So like without video and we'd just be there in the flesh and it would just be. And I think also my therapist is quite good at like also talking about our relationship because I've had like a lot of really bad therapists in my life. So I think we'd have to talk about that as well and be like, so what has being on this island like done for our relationship? <laughs> and it would be so tiring. And I'd be going from that to the teenage boy telling me about marks again and I'd just be exhausted I'd be knackered <laughs> yeah because it would be so hard not to just go to them and just sort of vent and then think oh god it's not fair on you because you're also marooned on a desert island and yeah yeah the idea of seeing them in real life like yeah mine mine is on zoom but I know that she lives very close to me and I don't know exactly oh where god. but so there is like a the possibility of bumping into her in real life you know if you're young and you sort of bump into a teacher in Sainsbury's yeah. or something yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so Who's going to round up this trio of dicks and who's going to, who's going to be the, the missing piece in the shitty puzzle? Okay, so my, my train of thought, I'm going to explain it to you. Um, originally, I was like, who would be like worst value for like anecdotes and like entertainment wise? Because like, mm. I think I've picked people who would, you know, either annoy me or it would damage my relationship with them. So I was like, the, the third piece of this puzzle is someone who just is really bringing nothing. Um, and I wrote down two options uh, the Queen, <laughs> right. or a random baby, <laughs> <laughs> which is already uh, I feel like no offense to the Queen that is up between her and a random baby, but like to be honest, like I imagine the Queen has lived a pretty sheltered life. She's mm. just like an old baby. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new opinion that I've. Uh, decided to road test on this podcast this is not one of my beliefs that I've really thoroughly interrogated um I think the baby would be more annoying because then you're thrust into into parenthood of a baby that you have like no connection with and like very little resources and it would have no uh anecdotes or banter No, they've got terrible chat. Yeah, I think there's a lot of similarities. Because, I mean, the Queen, like a baby, has to be constantly looked after and cared for. (laughs) Everyone's very worried that she might die at some point. Has probably quite a specific diet. Yeah. You know, has someone dress her? Have someone, you know, has someone do all her stuff for her? She would not be able to cope. And also, like, yeah, she would... It, that, it would be the same as like the therapist relationship where it'd be like, we always have this relationship on this island of being like, okay, well, you're the queen, I guess. So like you get to do whatever you want. Like we we probably have to prioritise you to some extent because you are the queen. And I actually don't know, like if we got rescued and we were with the queen and she died, like fuck, there would be no coming back from that. I think if there was like a random baby on the island and the baby died, you know, the Daily Mail would be angry. But like if the queen died... Like, mm. that would be it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's difficult, isn't it? Because both of them you'd have to look after a lot. Neither of them would be useful in any way. Yeah. People say that she is kind of a bit more hands-on than you'd expect. Okay, that's good. And she likes out, well, or used to at least like outdoor pursuits and things like that. So maybe she could, and she's got a very stiff upper lip, of course, so she'd be able to sort of weather the storm quite well. That's true. I think maybe she would bring some, maybe she... 
maybe I will have to go for the baby just because she might actually, she might not be that bad. And maybe, I, do you know what? I reckon, like, maybe she would see the funny side a little bit. Like, I don't think it would be all bad. I mean, it might be a nice break for her because she's just, you know, she can let her guard down a bit. <laughs> but I think with a baby, I mean, you know, I have two children and one of them is a baby at the minute. Um, you know, you're not getting a lot back. <laughs> you know, a lot of the time is just firefighting. You know, you're like, oh, don't eat that. Don't put your yeah, hand in that. Yeah, don't yeah, pick yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah. So on a on a beach environment, it's just you just forever be trying to get sand out of its mouth. You know, he wants to crawl over there, but it's the middle of the day, so you don't want him yeah. to get sunburnt because, you know, you don't want to have a sunburnt baby. And so then they're angry. And I just think it would be so much work on top of just surviving. It would be an absolute burden. And I do think, I guess, like, the the one potential problem with the Queen is that in, in um, tandem with the 17-year-old boy... Like, I think that could cause some real friction because mm. I'm pretty certain he would be, like, anti-monarchy. Yeah. Um, and there could be some conflict there. But maybe maybe that would be entertainment, you know? Maybe I wouldn't... Maybe that could deflect him from de- uh, debating me if it's just him versus the Queen. Whereas with a baby, that's... Like that's not diffusing any other situations. Though maybe the maybe the therapist, if my therapist was raising the baby, maybe it would be quite a good baby. But ultimately, like it will at that point, I'm thinking like pretty young, like like more of an inconvenience than anything else. Yeah, I think it'd be really hard. I mean, you'd have to look after it. It's gonna. It's such a weight on your shoulders. I also don't really like I haven't got to a point in my life where I kind of know how to hang around hang around with babies and like young kids like I don't really understand I'm not good with them like mm. so if we were there for a long amount of time until it was about I don't know until it had the capacity for like uh, a little bit of you know good chat I'd be absolutely lost because like even when you know I have some younger like younger brothers and stuff and when I was a bit younger and they were even younger I just had no idea how to talk to them because there's always been like an age gap of like 10 years and I'd just be like I don't know what to say to you like what are you what what are you into like Lego what is there to talk about yeah, I'm the same with my kids, to be honest. <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, the older one's going to be five soon and, you know, you can just chat away. But when he was young, I found it really hard until he was about two or something. Like, I just, you know, we we got along fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, oh, God, I'm painting myself as a terrible father. Here. <laughs> but um, what I mean is I think you're right, basically. I think um, it takes a while for the sort of the interaction and the chat to sort of get, you know, meaningful and more interesting. <laughs> Yeah, it's just there would just be a lot of awkward silences. Yeah. Definitely. And the same with the therapist. Like, it's just awkward silences on an island would just be hell. I think this is great. I think these three people are, are very solid. And I think between them, it's going to be a really awkward atmosphere. So we're, yeah. we're off to a good start here. You're a podcast listener, and this is a podcast ad. Reach great listeners like yourself with podcast advertising from Lips and Ads. Choose from hundreds of top podcasts offering host endorsements or run a reproduced ad like this one across thousands of shows to reach your target audience with lips and ads. Go to lipsandads.com now. That's L-I-B-S-Y-N-Ads.com. Okay. Now, mercifully, amongst the wreckage of the plane, there was some food and drink left over. Unfortunately for you, it's your least favorite food and drink in the world. What are they and why are they so bad? Right. So the food... um, this was the first answer that came to me like straight away when when 
like it's so so obvious to me what it is it is the uh toffee penny from the quality street box uh-huh. i hate it with my <laughs> entire being um and also i think this context right the only 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 redeeming feature of the toffee penny um all the toffee like whatever it is called in any of those selection boxes like whatever it is that's just like a solid toffee circle um disc sort of thing the only redeeming feature of it is that it's in amongst the other things that I do like like anything with a bit of praline or just anything like I'll even prefer like coconut over um over these like shit toffee things and so if it was just that oh my god it would be an absolute slap in the face um <laughs> because also it's such a like hard um, the the one specifically in the I think the quality street box is like so dense it's like a star and it's just it would be you know you'd probably damage your mouth chewing it um and also it's one of those things where actually the amount of calories that you'd probably eat chewing it would balance out the nutritional value that it was bringing so it would it would do nothing for you health wise either um and i just think that they're, they're they're dreadful. <laughs> it is one of those foods where, like, if you're eating something like granola as well, you know when your temples start getting sort of tired, yeah. you know, just from all the chewing, you're like, God, this is like, my face is tired. Yeah, like, is my face going to get ripped from eating this? Yeah, like, it's real bulging temples. Like, God, that guy, that guy must eat a lot of toffee pennies. Like, yeah. just like jawline, a jawline like Brad Pitt, but also like weirdly <laughs> bulging temples. <laughs> Or like a Sophie Ellis Bexter, I think. I think maybe yeah, her, yeah, David yeah, Coulthard, yeah. they've all got good strong jaws. Maybe that's maybe that's the thing. Um, okay, <laughs> so a toffee penny. What would you try and wash it down with to sort of get it unstuck from your teeth? So I would be washing it down with uh, cranberry juice. Mm. Wasn't it? Wasn't the first thing I thought of, but I kind of came around to it um, in terms of an answer. I've never come around to it in life. Uh, because someone was talking about it the other day and it made me kind of remember, like, it was one of the few experiences in life where someone's, like, mentioned a food or drink to me and, like, I've remembered it in my mouth and been like, oh, dear, like, that's not good. <laughs> and cr- we were saying that cranberry juice is, like, one of the few drinks that's actually, like, dry in your mouth. Yeah. It makes your mouth drier and, like, the only redeeming feature, I think, cranberry juice has is that it's like meant to cure utis yes but if i was getting a uti it means i'd be having sex with the 17 year old boy (laughs) so that's even worse so i have absolutely no purpose for this cranberry juice and i just think like it's not it's kind of like too too watery to be a proper juice like it's not like orange juice or even apple juice like i can get on board with um, because there's like, you know, there's flavour there and there's mm. there's body. <laughs> Whereas with cranberry juice, it's just like a ghost, a, go- a dry <laughs> ghost in your mouth. <laughs> I feel like I remember it coming on the scene, but maybe that's just like I remember the first time I tried it. Like, I'm sure like it just didn't exist. And then suddenly it was it was everywhere for a bit. It was like the new juice on the block, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I remember sort of quite liking it despite the weirdness of it. But then, you know, there's that, was it Ocean Spray? What's the yeah. brand? Yeah. Then they launched one that was like cranberry and raspberry. And you're saying like, oh, this is better. 
And you mm-hmm. think, maybe that's because the base product is quite shit. It's, it's like, yeah. maybe I just want raspberry juice, you know? But yeah, um, yeah it's weird because you start off and it's like, oh, this is sweet. No, it's bitter. Where's dry? What the, f-? like, how is it doing that? Yeah, how is it transforming through all the bad, like, bad aspects of flavour? Like, I don't know what the, rede- like, other than the UTI thing, I don't know why people would drink it because like if you're drinking juice I think you probably are looking for something like you have maybe a bit of a sweet tooth um but where where do you fall if you're like I've got a sweet tooth but only enough to drink cranberry juice like mm. something's wrong there <laughs> yeah I can really take I'd forgotten how dry it was but my mouth is kind of watering in response yeah, to like yeah, my yeah, brain yeah. thinking how dry it is it's really weird <laughs> It's such a weird one. I I can't remember what the conversation was that started it, but I think also we spoke about it in the context of vodka cranberry um, as like a drink in the club. Um, But also like how has it weaseled its way into that as like a popular thing? I I haven't drunk vodka cranberry in in ages, but I can't remember if it works as like a, a taste combination, but that's the only other way I can think of it being used in like popular culture and even then it's like you're only drinking it for the vodka like it's just anything mixed with vodka it's just I I drank vodka was like the drink I did at like house parties and stuff when I first started going out um and drinking and getting too drunk and like vomiting every night um not every night actually (laughs) vomiting every night that I drank um and yeah, anything mixed with vodka is just like you just at that age you just want to get drunk. Like it's yeah. about getting it into the system, like with whatever a carrier vehicle is like available <laughs> in the shop. And so I can imagine that cranberry juice kind of became part of that scene through like availability. But I don't think it actually like it doesn't. It's not you don't drink that vodka cranberry and go like, oh, that's actually that's a really gorgeous flavor. Like it's it's not for that. It's probably useful if you have cystitis, but it's your best friend's birthday and you can't not go. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, good shout. I'm I'm with you on that, definitely. Okay, now, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on your island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Right, so I've kind of gone slightly different for each of these. Least, mm-hmm. fa- I haven't gone least favourite film. I've gone film that I think I've seen the most and so watching again, I'd just be like, why? I, I do love it, but I reckon after a few more viewings, there would be nothing left to see, <laughs> um, which is the, I'll say, incredible film, um, School of Rock, starring okay. Jack Black, um, mm. which I think is genuinely an incredible film. But it was like when... When um, me and my mum would like go on holiday on the la- on iTunes on the iTunes store, School of Rock was the only film that we bought. So like when if we had if we took like the laptop on holiday or whatever, School of Rock was the only film that we could watch. And on the plane or whatever on the car journey, School of Rock was the only film that I could watch. I've seen it so many times. Um, and then in lockdown, I think I watched it a few more times as like a comfort film. Um, but I, it's one of, it's like one of the few things that I just, I know all the words to it. And I like, I could get it stuck in my head in the same way as a song, because I know like the exact uh, rhythm of the like dialogue and everything. I know it so well that like, maybe it would provide a bit of comfort at the first watch. But after that, like, it would be so frustrating because I'm sure that there are films that like I haven't liked, but they're not 
they don't stick in my mind as well. And at least, you know, it'd be something interesting. I'd be like, oh, okay, I guess I can watch that again. Cause if it's a film I haven't liked, I've only watched it probably once or, mm. you know, half of it or whatever. But with School of Rock, it would be such a shame. It would be like my therapist, you know, which in a way fulfilling a lot of similar <laughs> roles in my life. I'd be like this beautiful thing that was my comfort is now turning into my torture. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, um, Hearing the annoying person that you're stuck, like the 17 year old, I'm thinking particularly, like hearing him singing some of the songs you like from the film. That's so true. Would be really annoying. Or go, oh, I do a really good Jack Black impression. Like, no, you don't. Yeah. Stuff like that would be, it's like, just this is the one good thing that's not even that good anymore. And you're spoiling it as well. Yeah. You know, some films you wish you could watch again for the first time. Yeah. And you'd never be able to have that. And so it'd be sort of hard to even remember where the jokes are and stuff after a long time. Yeah, I think it would it would send you a little bit loopy. And I do mm. think, like, it is a great film and it is, it is funny. I wonder if I've kind of paced it right throughout my life whereby I've had enough gaps that I can still appreciate it. And if I watched it more closely, whether it would be one of those things where I'm like, oh, it's actually not that good. But I think I mm. think now I'm now I'm confidently saying that it stands the test of time. Yeah, I think it stands up. Yeah. But I think it's just just you'd have to find new things about it. Or like there'd be things we go, oh I'd never noticed that before. That really annoys me. Or yeah. there's like little little bits of it that you just can't not see after a little long time. Yeah, and I just I just know it so well. Mm. It would like make my brain stagnate. <laughs> <laughs> but my song, the song is just like because uh, I, I initially thought like I'd probably do that with a song as well, but then I thought no no no, there are songs that I just fucking hate, and like <laughs> it's specifically dubstep. I okay. cannot stand dubstep. Um, and there actually has been like a lot of crossover with like annoying 17-year-old boys and dubstep and like that sort of thing. Like I a lot of people that I hung out with when I was younger were really into dubstep. And I like obviously when you're younger, stuff that gets shown to you can be something that you come to really enjoy. And like dubstep just never even came close. I would never I was like, this is what the what what has gone wrong in someone's life to make this sort of music? Sorry if you're a fan. <laughs> um <laughs> I remember dubstep coming along and it was quite different to what it then became. And at the beginning I was like, okay, this is all right. And I don't mind it. And then it got so loud and ridiculous. Like it sort of sounded like an explosion in JD sports or something. Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. it was really like just so over the top and mad. And, but I don't know, there's still like dubstep nights and stuff. I'm sure there are because like, so I, I was looking up. Uh, so the song that I picked specifically is Bangarang by Skrillex, but like it could be any dubstep song. But that one as well, I started to play um, just to check. So I, I knew there were a few that I really hated that were really popular, and that was one of them. And I was like, I was playing it at normal volume on my phone, and I was like, I've got a headache now. I need to take a paracetamol. <laughs> like, it was absolutely horrible. Um, but whilst I was looking on Spotify, like, there are quite a lot of, like, dubstep playlists and stuff that okay. I guess seem to be being updated. So I'm sure there are still people who like it and they're wrong. Yeah, I'm sure. I remember like years ago being at house parties and there'd be some guy who came on and was like, I'm just going to play the nastiest dubstep possible, mm. regardless of if anyone's enjoying it or not, you know. I don't think hearing it more, especially repeatedly on an island, I don't think I would warm to it. Because, you know, I've had it in my life where people who I know have really liked it and played it multiple times and I've that's never done it for me. So if it's on an island, like there's no way, there's no there's just no there's no universe in which I become 
someone who likes dubstep. Like that's the one, the one thing I know about my personality. <laughs> I think as well, yeah. As, uh, you know, the seventeen-year-old, he'll just be there, and then he'll like start beatboxing or something. You're like, oh, for yeah, <laughs> sake, man, come on. Yeah, I think there's like every genre has its good and bad bits, but I think dubstep, the bad outweighs the good most of the time. I think absolutely. I do think I just had a horrible like. Oh, I thought this given me anxiety, even though it's entirely hypothetical. But the worst situation would be that my therapist revealed she was into dubstep. I'd be like, there's no way forward from we can't unpack, we can't resolve this. Like, there's if if I found out someone that I respected that deeply and had helped me with so much of my life was into dubstep, I'd I'd walk into the sea. <laughs> Imagine if that was her advice once, you know, she, oh, you're like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm feeling myself, I'm quite anxious. I find it really hard to shut off at the end of the day. And she's like, do you know what I do after listening to people's <laughs> problems like eight hours a day? I put on Bangarang by Skrillex. <laughs> <laughs> I love that it's called Bangarang as well. It's such it's... a stupid name. I mean, it's perfect. It's a perfect name. It's just... But it's, I mean, it's quite wonderful in a way, but it's just so silly, like bang around. Yeah, it's, it's like someone, it's like someone's made it up for like a sketch about taking the piss out of dubstep. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's so, it's so on point, but um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, a good choice, I think. Um, now, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? Uh, so I think it's fleas. Mm. Um, and I think this is kind of uh, slightly topical for me because I think my cat has fleas at the moment. I have defleed him, but um, I was a bit late with it and uh, I was getting, you know, loads of itches in my bed and he sleeps in my bed and I was like, this is this is really uncomfortable. And I'm also... Uh, well, I, I had... I get, like, really bad reactions to it and uh, someone someone who I was with was like, oh, I think you're allergic. And I was like, oh, yeah, we're all allergic. That's why we have these reactions, isn't it? And she was like, no, 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 I think you're like properly allergic because I'm allergic and you're like, that's not a normal reaction to a bike. On me, they go like absolutely massive and horrible. Mm. Um, And at the moment, like it's really, they really ruin your day. Yeah. And it's kind of because I thought initially I thought mosquitoes, but there's almost like a, a more perilous element to mosquitoes, I think. Whereas with fleas, it's like they're a little bit just more annoying. And also if all the animals on the like I love animals, uh, like I have, as I said, have a cat. Like I, I think animals are great. And if I couldn't like hang out with any of the animals and get any solace, if there was like a stray cat on the island, if I couldn't give it a cuddle because it was covered in fleas, like that would be really dangling the carrot and then the <laughs> carrot is covered in fleas as well. Like it was just, it would just be so sad. Um, and like itching, itching is just like one of the most base human things that when you do, you're like, oh God, how could anyone ever love me? <laughs> but I, th- I think as well with, with fleas, one of those things like you hear the word, and you just you just start itching, even if there's nothing on you. You yeah, know, it sort yeah, of yeah, makes yeah. you feel itchy. At least with a mosquito, you could sort of see it and swat it as well. Like, yeah, sometimes. that's so true. You don't always get them, but fleas. Like my cat had fleas last year. Oh God! My wife was like, I haven't seen any of them, and I was like, Maybe I've got fleas then. <laughs> like, is it me? What the-? you know? And at that point, you're like, Can I spray this stuff on myself? Like, put that stuff on the back of your neck, like a dude with yeah, the cat. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you just constantly sort of feel a bit itchy. Like I'm, now I'm like, I really want to like just itch, <laughs> scratch yeah. myself, like just thinking about them all. So it's like, 
it's something that even when they're not there, it's it's affecting you. You know. Yeah, even if somehow you manage to cure the island of its fleas, it would still be a problem in your mind. Like it would send you crazy. Yeah, and how? Yeah, you can't get rid of them because you're on a desert island, and yeah. Uh, and also, like, with the sand and, like, salty water, if you're going in the sea and, like, the salty water in the bites, like, it would just be so horrible. And also, if there aren't any other animals on the island, then, like, what a shit animal. Like, it's not even one that you can cuddle. <laughs> yeah. And you've got a baby, you know, baby getting fleas. Yeah, baby's covered in fleas. <laughs> really, I've painted quite a bleak picture here. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's the whole point of this exercise. And um, you've nailed the brief. So, uh, so well done. Thank you so much. It's making me feel so grateful uh, for my life. That's the beautiful outcome of this is that I feel intensely grateful that I'm like currently feeling at least not covered in fleas and like I don't no one's making me listen to Skrillex like that's beautiful. (laughs) Well you know what it's nice to have a good reaction from this because a lot of people say I'm really riled up now I was in a good (laughs) mood before we started doing this and uh, (laughs) you know when you host a podcast that sort of generates hate from people it's quite nice to (laughs) To be able to trick yourself that there is a positive outcome now and again. So. No, I'm I'm a hundred ta- I'm a hundred percent taking the positivity aspect of like I can control like none of these things are in my life at the moment and I can't be more grateful than that. <laughs> Great. Okay. Now, Anya, what are you up to at the minute for people who want to uh, catch more of you or follow you? Oh yeah. So uh, I do a lot of stand up uh, shows, stand up live. I'm working on like uh, an hour stand up show for the first time. So I'm doing loads of previews. Of that all over the place and I also um have a podcast with my friend Harry which is called The Weekly Shop um which is about uh people's shopping baskets um as you can tell from like how passionate I was about the toffee penny and cranberry juice like it's you know it's really important to me (laughs) shopping (laughs) products um but yeah I'm on social media on Instagram I'm at Anya Magliano and on Twitter I'm at Anya Mags and I just post incessantly about everything I'm doing so if you're watching those accounts like you won't miss it unless you mute me which would be fair (laughs) brilliant okay well we'll catch up with everything there then and uh, thank you once again for coming on Desert Island X today thank you so much for having me So there you go, Anya Magliano for you there, and uh, I hope you enjoyed it. Now let me tell you one thing, well I'm going to tell you several things wrapped up in, in to sort of one thing, which is that Desert Island Dicks is a sync clap production created by James Deacon, produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus, and edited by Chris Attaway, who does a wonderful job. Uh, we get social media support from Jason Leach and Chinsey Clinton, and a special mention, as always, to the Grand Mamster Flash and the legendary, the one and only, John Deacon. He's not actually the one and only. There is another, there's the John Deacon from Queen. I'm not talking about him. I don't like the John Deacon from Queen, but I do like this John Deacon, father of James Deacon. He's a wonderful man. Um, I think that's it. So we'll be back again, as always. So if you subscribe, you'll get that straight away and you don't even need to look for it. So thanks for listening. Hope you have a nice time doing that thing you're about to do. Bye.